0: Welcome to the four drink think tank we may not have actual credentials or any real expertise in fact we're not scientists at all but with a questionable quantity of drinks in us and some raw brain power, we're ready to tackle the most complex mysteries of the universe so grab your favorite libation, sit back and prepare to witness the magic that can happen when two semi-sober pseudoscientists tackle the biggest questions of our time welcome to the four drink think tank who are we I'm some dude named Kenny
1: And I'm some other dude named Chad.
0: (laughs) Our topic this week is alcohol.
1: Absolutely. Everyone's favorite, alcohol. Uh, So we'll have a fun topic uh, and podcast for you guys today. So normally we do our first shot on air, but we're trying something a little bit different here. We've got a a supposed hangover remedy or hangover prevention mechanism, I guess you could say. We took a shot of Z-Biotics. And so we'll be reporting on that in a further episode. But we'll discuss how that works uh, later on in this episode. But of course, we're not going to skip out. So we brought an actual shot in, and this is a very special shot. This is absinthe. Have you ever had absinthe, Kenny? I have had it once or twice. This is absinthe actually from Europe. It's, uh, I believe, Polish.
0: Um, remember that? Latvia. Remember, were you there at that absinthe bar in Japan where we tried a couple different ones? I was not, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that's probably the only time I've ever had it. We well, th- we tried four different ones they had there. <laughs> What'd you think of it then? Yeah, it was pretty good. Lot, felt, I felt really good. A lot of people say it tastes ginny. Yeah, and I don't mind gin myself. Well, so. good because you're about to have one gin.
1: So I will, I'm going to slide over here, but first I'm going to mm-hmm. say we are going to prepare it in the way that uh, it had been pre- previously prepared, hmm. which is a little bit different. This is as a flaming shot.
0: Uh, so bohemian
1: way of making it? Supposedly. Something p- like that, yeah. Something like that. So this is going to hit us pretty good, but <laughs> it's going to really uh, give us a good flavor palette. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Kenny here, and I'm going to mm-hmm. prep these right now.
0: Yeah, so Chad's holding a lighter right now, which is interesting. And we have a couple cups set up. And uh, this will be interesting to see what, what happens here. <laughs> I have no idea what Chad's doing. He's holding a straw. He's set a paper towel down. He just stabbed the straw through the paper towel. Okay, I have no idea. What <laughs> I'm guessing, my guess is it's something to do with the vapor of the alcohol. Hmm. Chad unscrews the lid of the absinthe and pours approximately one shot into glass. Oh that's very clear with like a slight green tint that's probably just the glass. Although the absinthe I I saw were usually green right? Then they put... They're supposed to be. And then sometimes they put some little surprises in the bottle.
1: Yeah I know I think the French way of doing this traditionally was with a sugar cube and you burn the sugar or something? Oh sure not entirely sure, but let's, so, see, let's so see if we can light this whole place on fire. So Chad's
0: lighting the absinthe on fire as we speak. <laughs> oh, that's a good lighter. First click. Oh, there it is. That's such a satisfying fire. Just dark blue. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then he dumped it into another glass, extinguishing the flame.
1: Alright, breathe that in. Oh, okay.
0: There's more. Got to hold
1: it in your lungs, and there's your shot. That is interesting.
0: Do your lungs feel kind of clean and minty? They feel very clean and very minty. So what I did was Chad, he dumped the absinthe into the cup upside down, then took the cup, um, the empty cup now, set it down on the paper towel and straw, and I breathed in that. What is that? The vapor fumes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's probably empty now. Yep. So you may take that shot, and I will prep the second one. First shot down the hatch. Oh, that is actually very good.
1: Yeah, so for some perspective here, I've got a glass that's kind of a little bit smaller in the mouth, and it's round. And then we've got another glass that is the more traditional cylinder. Mm -hmm. And so we are burning the smaller circular glass. We'll let it cook for a little bit. And then dump it and let the vapors kind of rise to the top. And while that cup is inverted, that circular one, we move it over the straw to try to catch some of those vapors. (laughs) So I'm gonna try to do this again without burning myself.
0: Wow. Yeah, I suppose this would be easier with a taller table. I feel like I'm gonna feel especially drunk now after this shot. Not a bad way to test our Z-biotics, though. Not at all. You have to have (coughs) copious amounts of liquor to test hangover remedies, right? How else are you going to verify that they work? Yeah.
1: And with that, shot one has been downed.
0: So that brings us into our sponsor this week. we got an interesting sponsor. We got approached by a political party here that wanted to sponsor the podcast or they wanted us to run they basically paid us to run their ad on our podcast so are you ready to shake up the political scene and pour some fun into your government well get ready for a political party that knows how to have a great time introducing the cheers party your ticket to a more spirited and fun-loving future we are here to support pro alcohol policies and turn every campaign rally into a never-ending celebration we believe in raising spirits both metaphorically and literally We also will be championing debates with real alcohol that may end in actual fights. So grab a cocktail, kick back, and get ready to toast to a political landscape that knows how to get loose. Vote for the cheers party, and let's mix up the old political recipe with a splash of fun, a shot of laughter, and a whole lot of cheers. Well, they got my vote. That sounds fun.
1: Yeah, I don't even care about the other policies. <laughs> yeah, they're probably I'm a one-issue voter, and this—they have me. They're probably terrible policies. I'm sure they don't even have policies for other
0: things. Something, yeah, they're definitely gonna legalize drinking in public. I don't see the problem. Open containers, maybe. Hell yeah. Maybe DUIs at a point .2. .0 point oh,
1: Yeah, point .2. If you can't climb in, you can't drive. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and with that note, that brings us to our first topic of the day, I believe. So, we just consume some alcohol. Let's talk about what alcohol actually does to the body uh, to lead us off. So, the standard alcohol that everybody drinks is ethanol, or ethanol, ethyl alcohol. And so when you consume that, that obviously goes into your stomach and sits there, and if you've eaten a lot of food, for example, it'll take a little bit longer to absorb, but if you have just have an empty stomach, it's gonna go in there and it'll start absorbing there, and proceed to your small intestines and continue to get absorbed. So the first step then, which happens in the liver after the ethanol has been absorbed into your bloodstream, is the breakdown to acetaldehyde by an alcohol dehydrinase that is an enzyme in your liver that'll help break that down. So acetaldehyde is the bad molecule here in this, and it doesn't give you the fun buzz that ethanol does, right? So ethanol, when you consume it, and it gets to your brain, it uh, will bind and interact with GABA receptors. And GABA is the, the neurotransmitter that relaxes you or, or brings you down a little bit. At the end of the day, when you're tired and sleepy, you have adenosine res- receptors, which, are, which contribute to that. So when you drink coffee, you feel awake because you block those. This is a different flavor of that. It's another type of inhibitory um, neurotransmitter, and that's GABA. And so that'll kind of help you like uh, ease off to sleep so that's why alcohol makes you sleep better at least while it's in your system but acetaldehyde is does none of those things and in fact it's the most toxic part of this alcohol process so this can do things like um, bind to proteins and dna it can cause cellular damage it can cause mutations is responsible for things like the headaches and the nausea and if you are constantly drinking, it can lead to things like alcoholic liver disease and certain types of cancer. So it's the bad molecule. And interestingly, it's also the part that takes the longest to um, break down. So when you have a drink or two, you can break it down pretty quickly. But if you have several drinks, it'll build up in your system. And that's why you might notice that two drinks, you're fine. But if you have seven, you start to feel it the next day. So that takes time to break down the acetaldehyde gets broken down into acetate, which is far less toxic and much easier to deal with, and is then further broken down to smaller things and then, you know, filtered out by your kidneys. So that's, in a nutshell, what happens when you consume alcohol. Which brings us to our pre-shot that we took, which is Z-biotics. So the interesting thing about Z-biotics is it's essentially a genetically engineered bacteria, that has a special enzyme that it produces that can break down that acetaldehyde. And the theory behind it is you consume this like you would a probiotic, it goes into your gut and it stays there for, I don't know, 18 to 24 hours. And as you're drinking more alcohol, it'll break that nasty chemical down, the acetaldehyde, the one responsible for most of the bad effects of ethanol, regular alcohol. It'll break it down for you and help your liver out. And uh, less load on your body while you're drinking and we will have to report in a later episode whether or not our findings follow this but we are we have some promising uh perspectives on this so
0: so it's literally putting good bacteria in your gut that essentially eats away the bad bacteria or the bad uh, um, compounds,
1: compounds, yeah. compounds yeah exactly i think the idea is is that before it even gets to your liver you're already breaking some of it down, so your liver has less to
0: do. Sure. Well, I'll be very curious. I hope it works.
1: I hope so too. And on that note though, we just took a shot where we consume some alcohol. Yes, we drank it. We also consumed it by vaping. And so this is another way that you can get alcohol into your system. And we'll talk about that right now. You know, when you drink alcohol, it, like I said, first goes into your stomach and then your intestines and then into your bloodstream. And then is metabolized by the liver so theory behind the z-biotics there but when you vaporize the alcohol you inhale it and it goes directly into your bloodstream and it bypasses your stomach and your digestive system entirely so the z-biotics won't help us with our vaped shot however if you are looking to get alcohol directly into your bloodstream and have it hit you real quick this (laughs) is the way to do it
0: oh that's the the newest vape trend
1: the vape trend Yeah. yeah The problem is is this is uh, this was a thing that was going on probably 10 15 years ago where it, it got trendy and people were putting alcohol in in nebulizers to like vape oh, it into I their lungs. Oh, I remember hearing
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: quickly became banned um, in most states <laughs> in the US. And uh, the reasons for that are quite interesting, right? So, your risk of alcohol poisoning is much higher because you can get a lot more alcohol into your body quicker. You don't have to try to absorb it through your gut, right? So if you had had a big meal, it takes longer to get alcohol into your system, it doesn't matter with vaping, it'll go straight into your blood. Which is the other problem, is that when it's in your, your stomach and your intestines, there's a little bit of breaking down of that alcohol, you know, naturally. And then also, you know, if you drink too much, you might vomit. And you get it out in that manner. Uh, the other thing, as with anything that you might vapor smoke, is that they can be potentially harmful for your lungs in large quantities. So, not something that we are condoning or recommending in the regular consumption, but uh, once in a while it's kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's all you got for that topic. That that's is all s- I have. So, our next shot we have here is a tequila Cava de Oro. Yes, See. Reposado. See. I uh never seen this bottle before in my life. Where did you get this at?
1: Uh so this is all the
0: way from Old Mexico. Oh, you get it on your latest vacation?
1: Um maybe previous one. This oh, is sure. Probably one of the smoothest tequilas that I've ever consumed and and definitely rivals certain vodkas. So, I'm curious to see what you think of this. Yeah, and helping us improve our creativity and and thought processes.
0: Well, with that, cheers tequila cheers to tequila what do you think wow that was an incredibly smooth tequila shot actually
1: right <clears throat> wow it's incredibly smooth as a, a hard liquor it's, isn't it
0: it's not it doesn't burn so bad afterwards nope not I at mean, all still a little bit but it's hmm, that's pretty good i could drink that let's talk about the categories <laughs> so uh what category of alcohol I mean, we had a tequila shot, but we had absinthe, and absinthe, people are common. It's just known as absinthe, right? Mm-hmm. And it is a spirit, for sure, that is probably most similar to gin. Tastes like it. But on that topic, let's talk about the different types of alcohol. So, ethanol, C2H5OH, if you really want to know is the type of alcohol found in alcoholic beverages. It is produced through the fermentation of sugars by yeast. So we have beer, the classic, which is made from grains such as barley, wheat, corn, uh, water, yeast, and hops. So the brewing process of beer involves fermenting the sugars in the grains using yeast, which produces alcohol and carbon dioxide. Yay. And makes delicious beer byproduct. <laughs> and then we have wine, which is made from fermented grapes. So the natural sugars present in the grapes are converted into alcohol by yeast during the fermentation process. So they also, well, similar to beer, they're using yeast and they're fermenting it, but they're using grapes now, and the natural sugars in the grapes. And then we have spirits, also known as distilled beverages or hard liquors. and they are, Produced through distillation at distillery or a still. Which involves heating a fermented liquid and collecting the evaporated alcohol. And uh side note, I don't know if the sound is picking this up, but it started pouring outside. We our apologies.
1: <laughs> uh, that did lead me to a question though. So for clarification, beer and wine, you know, you're mixing it all together and then you're producing your alcohol and then putting it into a bottle. Yeah. But with when you use a distilled beverage, you make a distilled beverage, that's being heated and evaporated and put into, like, we're collecting that liquid,
0: right? So you don't actually get the the ingredients themselves. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's not just sitting in, say, the yeast, the hops, or the, not the yeast, but it's not sitting in this barley, wheat, corn, whatever. It's not sitting in the grapes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where... I guess beer and wine are more similar probably than the rest of the spirits. But yeah, oh, then, oh, what do you got? I was just to say what
1: what spirits do we have?
0: Yeah, so it's oh. it, it's interesting. There's quite a few different spirits out there and I mean everybody seems to have their favorite and so you got whiskey. Whiskey is made from fermented grains such as barley, corn, rye, and wheat, similarly similarly to beer. Um, but whiskey is often well it's Normally, I suppose, aged in wooden barrels, which contributes to its distinct flavor profile. So, whiskey as in like your Scotch, Irish whiskey, bourbon, rye whiskey. And bourbon's an interesting one. To be an authentic bourbon, you have to be aged in the wooden barrel for an extended amount of time compared to other whiskeys. I don't remember the exact amount of time, but.
1: Well, and there's criteria with scotch and Irish whiskey, right? Like, scotch has to come from Scotland. Right. And Irish whiskey has to come from,
0: well, Ireland. Yep. I mean, I think there is U.S.-made Irish whiskeys out there, and it's just they're almost making it a category of that flavor of whiskey, but...
1: Really pisses
0: the Irish off. (laughs) I'm sure they hate it. So, yeah. Yeah, and rye whiskey. Have you ever tried rye whiskey?
1: I have. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a unique taste. Reminds me of the rye chips in the uh, Chex mix. Ooh.
0: I don't see the correlation, but yes. <laughs> rye rye. <laughs> and then we also have rum, which is made from sugar cane or molasses, which is why which gives it its sweeter taste. And can be rum can be as light or clear or dark. I mean you could however much molasses you want to put in there, or sugar, you know. You can have spiced rums. There's a lot of different flavors of rum out there and we have tequila which is made primarily in Mexico from the blue agave agave plant. agave yeah i almost said that wrong but tequila i would say is very unique and is probably best served with cocktails like a margarita unless you're in Mexico and can get some really good tequila yeah this stuff we just had we
1: could drink straight yeah all absolutely
0: night. yeah then we have gin which people say tastes like pine needles but I think it tastes pretty decent anyway. And gins, gins also distilled with fermented grains and infused with juniper berries and other botanicals I suppose, but it has very herbal floral flavors if you can get past the pine needle. Hmm. And then we have vodka, which is the the most neutral spirit just made from grains or potatoes typically, Um, usually has the highest alcohol content and is the most versatile of spirits they say well it really is honestly there's no flavor right yeah so versatile just pure alcohol pure fun and then we have liqueurs or cordials which are sweetened spirits often flavored with fruits herbs spices and natural and artificial flavorings they usually have a lower alcohol con- content compared to other spirits um, examples of liqueurs like amaretto Kalua, baileys schnapps stuff like that and yeah well
1: all of this talk about all these spirits has made me
0: thirsty sir (laughs) yeah very thirsty let's go grab ourselves another shot so for our next shot i have a vodka we haven't had a vodka yet not yet and we have a cherry limeade svedka which is interesting i've never tried this we're about to find out hopefully it tastes like cherry limeade all right well cheers cheers That wasn't too bad it is vodka with flavoring. Yeah. <laughs> Not the smoothest vodka.
1: No, Svedka. the The rule of thumb I always heard was if it came in a glass bottle, you're probably okay. Right. S- for years, Svedka came in plastic bottles and then they rebranded to glass and I think they're kind of a, a sham.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't ever buy, I don't go to my way to buy Svedka. No, ditto. Except these shooters to try them. And we've tried them. So
1: on that note, we've had our third shot. So let's talk a little bit about using alcohol for performance-enhancing benefits, right?
0: I mean, when you think of alcohol, you don't think of performance-enhancing at all, but...
1: Well, it depends on what type of performance you're trying to enhance, right? So earlier, we talked a little bit about how alcohol uh, interacts with GABA receptors, which are the receptors that, when activated, will calm you down a little bit inside your brain. They sort of, like... They turn the noise down a bit and help you fall asleep. For example,
0: when you have natural GABA, right? Um, like the and that'd be the same as like the social interactions, right? If you have a few drinks, you kind of your brain relaxes a little bit; it gets rid sort of some anxiety.
1: And that's exactly the first topic I have for us is on this is that. Uh, in terms of performance enhancing the social aspect, right? Right. You definitely will relax a little bit and be less self aware, which after a couple of drinks is probably fine for most people. You don't worry about saying the wrong thing. You're just kind of easy going. You know, there's that joke or that meme that's out there about how uh if you've got social anxiety the first two drinks don't count. <laughs> and yeah. I think this category definitely fits in here. Yeah. You know, and I
0: mean there's the opposite end of the spectrum where you have a few too many drinks and then you just make a fool of yourself
1: this is but, uh this is true
0: yeah i'd say you show up you show up at a party or something there's a lot of people you've never met before and you have just a couple of drinks it's instantly better it is a you social start, lubricant and you start making friends yeah social lubricant is the best way to describe it absolutely
1: and this is probably the most common performance enhancing use of alcohol just to ease social interactions I think, too, if you look at our society, we see a lot of that where, you know, you go to a bar, you have a few drinks. It's like helps you talk to people. You go to a conference. A lot of conferences are like this where it doesn't matter your topic or, or, you know, your area of study or your field or whatever. Everybody looks forward to the after conference things where you can talk to people and get to know them and discuss the actual conference topics but there usually is some alcohol involved in that
0: i like the events that have a a dedicated cocktail hour before they start ah yes those help immensely yeah it just helps everyone kind of relax a little and yeah i mean why would this be part of our
1: society if it wasn't useful (laughs) right right so there's that the next thing would be for something like golf right or darts or something that requires uh good muscle memory or interaction, where you've got to like repeat the same motion, but you can't get in your head. And this is a classic use of alcohol, right? Just have a couple of beers, get in the zone where you're not thinking about your performance, you're just doing. And typically with things that don't like directly inhibit your ability to perform, right? So you wouldn't go get drunk and then run a marathon, but you might have a few beers and then try to throw some darts or try to hit a golf ball. And this is why the cart lady exists.
0: Yeah, I definitely find when I'm out golfing, um, it's kind of that same, that de-stressing, you know, just relaxing a little bit more after a couple of drinks. I find after a couple of drinks, I don't find myself worrying how to hit the ball or focusing too much on one aspect of my golf swing. I just go up there and hit it. And it works out a lot better most of the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some other things about alcohol that we didn't talk about, but we'll bring up now, which is that it is a light muscle relaxer, right? Yeah. So, what is that effect? That is, quite loosely, just some interaction with your opioid receptors, which normally, you know, you're playing around with fentanyl, not a good idea, but alcohol is pretty weak in its interaction with your opioid receptors, and that helps your muscles, just that little bit of alcohol, like, loosen up a bit, which could also contribute to your golf performance, right? Like, if you're more loose, you are maybe going to swing better, or if you're going to throw darts, you're going to throw better. It just kind of works out, right? Like, it depends on the person. Some people, they drink and their their game goes down, but if you're not maybe as dialed in or you're an amateur, this is the way to go.
0: Right. If you're an amateur golfer like us, then alcohol can help.
1: Yeah, we don't have any higher-ups to impress, (laughs) so we go out and golf and we
0: just sad about our scores. Yeah, we have a good time. Also, that first Bloody Mary on the course Mm. on a Sunday morning. Yep. Breakfast in a cup. Yeah, that's so good. So the, the final thing I have for us is public speaking.
1: And it sort of ties both topics that we just talked about together. Usually people have a little bit of anxiety around public speaking, even if they're not socially anxious. And this is a good way to take the edge off that and just be able to... Say what you need to say. If you've prepped well, you're going to be fine. If you've got a note card, you're fine. And this is this is a good way to be able to deliver a speech and be okay. The Silicon Valley trendy thing to do would be to not drink alcohol and take beta blockers, but let's be honest here. There's a more fun way to do this, and that's <laughs> to have a beer or
0: two before you have to give a speech. Yeah, yeah I, can't. I, don't, I don't just have a beta blocker sitting in my cabinet.
1: Again, Silicon so, Valley, <laughs> yeah. right? We're not high and tight here. We're yeah. we're trying to get shit done, and <laughs> in order to do that, sometimes you got to resort to the uh, the more effective means. Yeah, absolutely. Which, on that note, since we're here about uh, generating ideas and helping everybody else facilitate more creative thoughts, we have another
0: shot on the way. What are uh, we drinking, Kenny? Well, now it's another Svedka vodka, because it came in a little pack, you know, but. <laughs> this one's a blue raspberry, and I hopefully it tastes better. The last one was okay, but cherry limeade—it tasted nothing like. So, side note: I got a little joke for you here. Oh, hit me! <laughs> a horse walks into a bar. The bartender asks, "Why the long face?" And the horse replies, "Because I'm an alcoholic and I'm destroying <laughs> my family." <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh- Yeah, don't drink too much, kids. (laughs) Well, don't destroy your family. Also, don't do that. Or your life. If you have an alcohol problem, please seek help. (laughs) And stop listening to this podcast.
0: Yeah, this podcast probably would not be helpful for you. No. Although, we just told you about how alcohol is affecting you. So,
1: chemically. This is the part where you uh, shut off and you go to AA. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, we are not alcoholics yet. So, let's take another shot. Cheers.
0: Oh, I like that one a lot more. Yeah, usually berry flavors are better for stuff like this. <clears throat> a lot more. That one was actually fairly smooth. actually tasted okay. Yeah. If you're standing in the liquor aisle looking at Svetka, blue raspberry is better than cherry lime. But probably don't buy Svetka. <laughs> Alright, what's our fourth topic for today? Um, I want to talk about hangover remedies. Because, I mean, do, do certain foods actually help hangovers? I'm. It's kind of seems like it after a night of drinking, you go out and... I mean, like, you could do the hair of the dog. Have another shot, shot or another <laughs> drink the next day. Which is definitely the most fun version, but it's not good for you. You're just kind of prolonging that hangover. Um, Your body's just trying to process the alcohol, so you're just extending the time that it's going to take. And in the end, you're probably going to feel worse but it's definitely the most fun. And then you got like fast food after a night of drinking. I mean, who doesn't want to go run to a fast food, their favorite fast food place? But I wonder is fast food is somewhat of the benefit of placebo, do you think?
1: I I, I would disagree. I feel like the the generally fast food is like fatty and starchy. Yeah. And that that helps coat your stomach and you know, maybe give you a couple of nutrients that you need to help process the alcohol and and deal with the issue
0: yeah and i think fast food like it's kind of a comfort food you know you you have the hangover and you're like oh i just want this right now this burger or these fries mcdonald's fries do you feel like it uh also
1: you know you go out for fast food or let's say breakfast food right kind of similar thoughts oh my
0: gosh yeah yeah you get your eggs your bacon your potatoes and then you go take a nap oh that's yep that helps with naps too Especially, eat a few too many potatoes. Ah, shucks. <laughs> but I mean, if you, if you really want to fix your hangover, the really most effective way is number one, hydration, because alcohol causes dehydration. So, replenishing fluids, um, staying hydrated, and then I guess in my personal experience, I use a lot of electrolyte powders. I take that even when I'm not drinking, but when I'm drinking, I'll absolutely make sure maybe before bed, take an electrolyte water. I'll mix this electrolyte powder with the water and it seems to help a lot. Anything to add on the electrolyte powder, Chad?
1: Uh, I, I would definitely second that. I mean electrolytes are great and usually electrolytes come with some B vitamins which help your liver do its job, give it a little bit of energy and help metabolize the alcohol. So I'm
0: definitely on team electrolytes. Yeah, absolutely. And you I mean you don't have to buy the most expensive ones out there i found some cheap ones on amazon that definitely seem to work really good really well i mean to say (laughs) and then i mean another common uh hangover cure is just pop some painkillers you know ibuprofen aspirin um brain fart which one are you not supposed to take that gets processed through the liver
1: right so the one not to take is tylenol or
0: uh, acetaminophen. Acetaminophen, yeah, that's right.
1: You don't want to give your liver more work than oh. it already has to do. Um, so ibuprofen, stick to that.
0: Uh, or NSAIDs.
1: Yeah, the the NSAIDs are, are, are tough. So Maybe. ibuprofen is an NSAID, right? yeah. non-steroid, anti-inflammatory. <laughs> but aspirin can be a little bit troublesome because it can irritate your stomach right. and your lower intestine. And it thins
0: your blood, which alcohol is already thinning your blood, so.
1: Right, so stick yeah. to ibuprofen. You can't OD on that.
0: Absolutely avoid acetaminophen Absolutely. Af- after a night of drinking. Can That's confirm, don't not, do that. Not good for the liver. Nope. But, I mean, the, another great thing to do, is just just rest. I mean, um, you get an adequate amount of sleep. You're not going to sleep great with too much alcohol in your system, but wake up, eat breakfast, and then take a nap.
1: Again, the fast food, breakfast food.
0: Yep. Take your nap. Yeah. So, really, hydration and rest and electrolytes. But then, they do say that ginger can help alleviate nausea and any digestive discomfort you have. I haven't tried it myself. Ginger beer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) ginger ale, ginger beer, ginger tea. Um, Yeah, I haven't tried it, but I'm sure it would help. And then, I mean... I would say you're hungover eat whatever you want, but eating a nutritious meal would help you out more. Getting nutrients and stabilizing blood sugar, vitamin rich foods, minerals, protein, that's all gotta help. That's all better for you than a crappy fast food meal, but hey, whatever you need, whatever works for you. (laughs) Um, And they say light exercise, like stretching, walking, I've heard friends say that oh, after drinking I go out for a jog in the morning, super hungover and it helps. And I don't believe him for one second, but <laughs> <laughs> there might be something to do that. <laughs> I mean, it releases endorphins, so your mood will be improved for sure.
1: I feel like the last one that we need to talk about is just time, right? So I don't know if many people know this, but your hangover is actually about a 72-hour process. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's for everything to return to baseline. So you drink a bunch of alcohol you have a rough night, you wake up the next day, it's going to take about 72 hours for all of your body chemistry and your liver chemistry to revert back to normal. So if you keep that in mind, that sort of explains why. If you have a really rough night Friday, or if you have too much fun Friday, and your morning on Saturday is rough, you don't really feel quite right till Tuesday.
0: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, Mondays suck anyways, but... Yeah, Mondays are bad regardless, yeah. This, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, we tried that uh, Z-Biotics we took today. That'll be determined whether or not that helps or not. For sure. And before that, what was the other one that we tried?
1: Yeah, so we talked about... uh, We didn't talk about, but we're going to talk about now. Uh, We took something that has DHM in it. DHM. Yeah, so I can look at the chemical name here, and I can't pronounce it, but (laughs) the idea behind it is that it is a chemical that... excuse me, it is an herb that is supposed to do something similar to Z-biotics. It's supposed to help your liver process the acetaldehyde and break that down and and more quickly get you sober, I guess is a better way to phrase it. And Kenny and I have differing experiences with this. So, having taken a few remedies with this in it before I go to bed, what I have found is that it does work. However, it gets the alcohol out of your system quicker, or the acetaldehyde out of your system quicker. But because the alcohol and the acetaldehyde are weakly interacting with GABA receptors, they're keeping you asleep. And so if I take this before bed, I have a tendency to wake up at about 4.30 or 5, extremely awake, unable to go back to sleep, because the alcohol is definitely out of my system. And I am extremely thirsty
0: yeah that's the experience I had was I I woke up I didn't necessarily feel better but I woke up and was just ridiculously thirsty
1: right and that's not I would rather have that extra sleep than have it out of my system quicker and then be miserable because I can't fall back to sleep so
0: dihydromyrosetan dhm. I yeah. believe that is how you'd pronounce that.
1: We're not throwing shade on it. We're just trying to say that in our experience. In our
0: experience for us personally that it I don't I don't think it's the thing. I don't think it's the thing you I don't think it's worth spending my money on, I should say. Right.
1: Although it is cheaper than the Zbiotics, which we haven't yet evaluated, but right. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, like in theory the Zbiotics should work, right?
0: They should. I mean, the science sounds there, but right. I'm also not a scientist. I'm a pseudoscientist.
1: As am I. So, <laughs> remains so, to be seen.
0: Uh, but I mean, I can see where it, I can, it makes sense. It should work, and we'll find out.
1: We'll I, report back at I a mean, later. I date. mean,
0: in my experience, all I do is just take some electrolyte powder. I mix it in water before bed, and I drink another water after that. Sometimes, then I'll in the morning. I'll have another electrolyte water in the morning. Um, I haven't messed around with the vitamin B too much, but supposedly that helps. Do you take that? I have messed around with that, and
1: yeah, so vitamin B is a good one. I think it's vitamin B12 that your liver
0: needs to help digest alcohol, and that can be helpful. I guess I take a daily multivitamin. It, you might have that in it there. probably has a little bit in there, not as much as if you just took it separately.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's by no means a hangover cure, but... Um, It will help you deal with a lot of alcohol at once. And the side effect with vitamin B is a lot of times when you take vitamin B, you have all of the B vitamins with you. And so vitamin B6 may increase your REM sleep uh, cycles. And so you may dream more vividly, which, you know, for most people is fine. For some, it can be a little intense, but um, (laughs)
0: something to think about. So do you take the vitamin B at night, before bed, or in the morning?
1: Generally, before you start
0: drinking. Okay, before drinking, okay. Yeah,
1: that would be the ideal time. So your liver has plenty of vitamin B to help break down the acetaldehyde, get it out there, (laughs) get out of your system. Yeah. The unfortunate part is that is the step that just takes forever. If you're female, it takes a little bit longer. Your liver just doesn't quite process it as quickly.
0: Yeah. But,
1: yeah, something to think about.
0: Something to think about. I hope this stuff works for tomorrow because I don't want to be hungover. Ditto. I'd like to go golfing or something. (laughs) right, we should do that. We should do more of that with alcohol
1: yeah, to enhance our performance.
0: Performance enhancing golf.
1: And on that note, I think that's all we have for today. So um, that's it for today's episode of the 4-Drink Think Tank. We hope that you enjoyed the intellectual insanity and drunken brilliance of our discussions. Remember, the only thing better than a good idea is a good idea with a little bit of booze in it. If you have any bizarre ideas, crackpot theories, or just want to say hi, you can reach out to us on social media using the hashtag think drinkthinktank And who knows, maybe your crazy idea will be the next big thing. So until next time, keep the drinks flowing and the ideas coming. Cheers, and don't forget to stay weird.